access. That's a word that is picked up in its usage since the invention of the internet. You know, there's a lot of uh, things we don't want strangers to have access to. You don't want anyone having access to your Facebook account. I mean, they might, they might post something that uh, you disagree with, or you, you don't want to give someone access to your email because they could probably do a lot of damage posing as you or access even to your online bank account. I mean, that would really, really mess things up if you gave someone access to that. Now, if you don't use the Internet, you don't have to worry about any of that. You don't have to worry about strangers getting access to your Facebook account or to your email or to your online bank account. But access to your life on the Internet is something that we've all had to come, sort of become used to, uh, restricting that, limiting that, keeping that safe. But there's another type of access that is even more important than access to a portion of your life on the Internet, and that's access to you and your family personally and literally. There was a time before my time, I guess, when... Uh, many of you may remember when you didn't have to lock your doors at night. And uh, I, I never remembered what that time was like because that, that was never a reality in my life. Um, maybe it was because of that one day when I was a kid and my dad walked out of the front door in the morning to uh, find a, a bum asleep on our porch. Now, back then they were called bums. I'm, I'm sorry if that uh, is not the proper term anymore. A, a, let me say, a disenhoused, formerly inebriated. That's easy for me to say. It's almost like I've been formerly inebriated. Person. But this guy was laying there, and, and my, my dad said, Get out of here, you disenhoused, formerly inebriated person. And the guy left. Now, you might wonder, well, didn't your dad care about this uh, poor soul? Well, I'm sure on some level he probably did, but uh, his role at that point was one that God had given him, and that's to be a protector of his family. And fortunately, that guy, I don't know if he just got, came to the wrong house or whatever, but he couldn't get in. It might have been a totally different story if we left the doors unlocked tonight and the guy walked in. That would have been really bad. But, you know, I don't know anyone who practices leaving your doors unlocked tonight, today. Um, think about the way your house is built. Your house is basically like a fort. And it's almost like it's its own little tiny nation. And around the, the borders of that nation, you put up walls. Even the most liberal person who doesn't like walls around nations puts up walls around this little tiny nation that they consider their own house. And so you have these walls, and up on top you have a roof, and that's to keep the sun and the wind and the flying creatures and, and the rain and the snow out. And, uh, th but those walls are intended to keep out undesirable visitors like criminals and like wolves and skunks and politicians, you know. Um, and so if you're going to have these walls, um, You've got to have doors. Otherwise, you've just made yourself a prisoner. I mean, obviously, you're going to have to have doors because you need access to the rest of the world at the same time you want to limit the rest of the world's access to you. 
And so that's what that little swinging portion of a wall is. It's a door, and it limits the access that the world has to you. You know, a lot of people like to go camping out in the wild. I'm not one of those people. And the main reason is because of a lack of doors. You know, but I hear people say, well, you know, I, I like to rough it. I like to live out there with the mosquitoes and the snakes and such. You know, I like to eat tree bark for lunch and squirrel for dinner. You know, I like to sleep on jagged rocks. Now, I, I don't know why that doesn't appeal to me, um, but for some reason, on uh, as far as I'm concerned, it, it really doesn't. You know, I'm, I'm just not that, that much for roughing it. To me, roughing it means that my uh, grocery delivery is late or my uh, hotel doesn't have fast Wi-Fi. That's roughing it for me. But the main reason that I really don't care for camping is the door situation. You know, you have, you have a tent, and that tent is not meant to keep out anything larger than a mosquito. You know, and, and uh, it's not really even a door. Anything that a bear could breathe open is, I would not consider uh, a point of safety for me. You know, and at that point, you run the danger of truly becoming one with nature. You know, so doors are important. And the most important feature of a door is that it keeps you safe. Doors are so important that we sometimes give our animals doors. We've got two dogs at the house, and we installed a doggy door so they can come in and out, take care of their business in the proper par portion of our property. You know, and that's the outside. Uh, barns have doors. You know, chicken coops have doors. Uh, you have pens for cattle and for hogs and for sheep, and even those have doors. We call them gates. You know, and today we're not as familiar as many of our ancestors probably were with ranch animals and that type of thing, but the people in Jesus' day were very familiar with what we would call ranch animals. And the people of his day, the people that he spoke to, were just as familiar as he was with that. And I invite you to take your Bible and turn to John chapter 10, we're looking at the I am statements of Jesus. And the very first I am statement that we looked at was where Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And you think about bread and how universal that is, how important bread is to human survival. And you can imagine why Jesus would say, I'm the bread of life. And the second one was, I am the light of the world. And so you think about that. You think about how uh, universal light is, how necessary light is. And then Jesus made a statement about being a sheep door. And that just doesn't seem to be on the same level as the other two, but I wanna, I wanna compel that with, with you, I wanna compel you to consider that it is very essential. In John chapter 10, verses one and two, Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not, enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way. He is a thief and a robber, but he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. See, back in that day, unless there was an, a cave nearby, ancient Jewish sheepfolds would typically be a pen made of rocks tall enough that the sheep would have difficulty climbing over the rocks would make a continuous circle or a square with only one break 
in the rocks, and that would be the doorway. And the shepherd himself would stand or, or sometimes sit in the doorway, and sometimes at night an assistant, a, a doorkeeper, would take his place so he could go get some rest. But the shepherd would come back in the morning, and he would lead his sheep out to pasture. In the very next verse, in John 10, verse 3, Jesus said, To him the doorkeeper opens. To the shepherd the doorkeeper opens. And the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. So in the morning, when the shepherd returns, the sheep follow him. And I want you to consider what we're getting to soon in this passage. And it is that Jesus himself is that door. He, in fact, later says he is that shepherd. And so when the shepherd returns, the sheep follow him out, out of the pen. They follow the shepherd, but sometimes sheep don't always do that real well. Sometimes some sheep foolishly decide to go their own way. These are unwise sheep. Perhaps they've forgotten that the shepherd provides them safety. Maybe they've forgotten the shepherd won't take them to steep cliffs or he won't take them to the abode of wild animals. In fact, he watches over them to make sure the sheep's natural enemies stay away. Perhaps the sheep that wander on their own have forgotten that the shepherd leads them to lie down by green pastures. He leads them beside quiet waters. When they go on their own, the pastures that those sheep go down are, are not quite as green. The grass has already been eaten over or trampled, but they, they don't know that because they're not following the shepherd. The waters that the wayward sheep find might be loud and swift and dangerous, and walking into waters that are too deep can make the sheep's wool heavy and actually drown the sheep. A sheep that goes its own way puts his very life in danger. But the shepherd, he is a good shepherd. He'll leave the 99 in order to find the one. He'll do all that he can to bring that wayward sheep back into the fold. You see, the shepherd knows the sheep. Every one of them. And he knows them by name. Every single sheep is important. Everyone. Everyone is unique. Every single one is special. There are sheep that are wild by nature, even rambunctious. There are, there are other sheep that are very docile. But the shepherd knows each one, and he loves each one. And because the shepherd knows each sheep by name, the sheep trust him. They love him in return. They follow the shepherd. They even follow the shepherd out of the sheepfold where there is safety and into the world. You see, the sheep can't eat and exercise and play and live in the sheepfold. 
The water that sustains life is not found in the sheepfold. It's out beyond the sheepfold in the world. And so the world is a dangerous place for a sheep, but the shepherd will be with them always. The shepherd will never leave the sheep. The shepherd will never forsake the sheep. The shepherd will never abandon the sheep or give the sheep away to the enemy. The shepherd, you see, he works for another, an authority that he himself loves. And every sheep that is given to the shepherd must be accounted for. And so the shepherd will lose none of them, even as he leads them out of the sheepfold and into the world, he will lose none. The very next verse in John chapter 10, verse four, Jesus said, when he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. The shepherd never asks the sheep to go where he would not. He always leads them. And over the years, the sheep learn the voice of the shepherd. When they're young and they're new to the flock, they might not know the voice of the shepherd, but they watch the other sheep and they do what they do. But over the years, that young sheep will grow to know and to love the voice of the shepherd. And the sheep have one simple task, just one thing, follow the shepherd. That's it. It's not difficult. That's all the shepherd asks of his sheep. Follow me. You see, the yoke that the shepherd places on the sheep is easy. And the burden that he gives them is light. Just follow the shepherd. In verse 5, Jesus said, A stranger they simply will not follow, but will flee from him, because they do not know the voice of strangers. You know, this is the second time in this brief passage that we've read so far where Jesus has referenced false shepherds who are a danger to the sheep. And so these false shepherds, this idea of a false shepherd, it must be an important idea because Jesus keeps coming back to it. Jesus keeps comparing the true shepherd to the false shepherds. And some of the characteristics of false shepherds are these. False shepherds sneak into the sheepfold. They come in through another way. In verse 1, Jesus told us again that these false shepherds are those that do not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but they climb up some other way. That one is a thief and a robber. You know, a true shepherd will come to the sheep forthrightly. He's honest. He's authentic. He has nothing to hide. His agenda is the benefit of the flock. But false shepherds care only about themselves. They'll even endanger the flock or devour the flock if it benefits them. False shepherds try to get the sheep to follow them even though they are not the true shepherd. They'll call out to the sheep. But the owner of the sheep, he has appointed his shepherd to oversee the flock. However, false shepherds see an opportunity to insert themselves and to lead the flock astray. They want their voice to be heard. 
but hopefully the flock will follow the true shepherd, and indeed, the true flock will. False shepherds are thieves. Jesus said later in verse 10 that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. False shepherds sneak into the flock because they are thieves. They try to get the flock to follow their own voice because they are thieves. False shepherds, in fact, do the bidding of their own master, but their master has an agenda that Jesus has now exposed to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And so all those that are sheep, now that they know the agenda of the false shepherd, they know the importance of following the true one. You see, as much as we need to become aware of the tactics and the goals of false shepherds and false teachers and those that would lead us astray, the good news is found in verse 7. Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. It is Jesus himself who stands at the entrance to the sheepfold. And he doesn't just guard the door. He is the door. Jesus said in verse 9, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved. And he will go in and out and find pasture. Today, Jesus invites you to join his flock. The picture here is that if is that one, is one of where you are, a lost sheep outside the safety of the sheepfold, that you are in eternal danger, that there are spiritual enemies that want to steal and kill and destroy you. They serve their master, the thief. But all you have to do is come to Jesus. He is the door of the sheep, and every sheep that comes to him, he will save. And if you enter through him, you will find salvation. You'll be able to go in and out and find pasture. This world offers you death. This world offers you destruction. This world offers you thievery. But Jesus offers you life. Jesus says in verse 10, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. This is the offer that Jesus has for us. He is the true shepherd. Are we willing to follow him?